0: Hey guys, Zach here. Before we dive into this Q&A with Anthony Migliorino, founder of Peaceful Fathers, sponsor of the Family Alpha podcast, and on all social media at Peaceful Fathers, I would like to ask you that if you're digging this content, if you like what it is I'm bringing to the masses, then like, subscribe, share, leave a review, let the people know that this content and this podcast is actually making a difference, and it's something besides the static that's out there, you know, detracting from those who are actually bringing value. So if you're getting value from this podcast, a great way to return that value to me is by supporting this channel. And I'm not saying financially. I'm just asking if you can, if you are sitting and listening to all these episodes, just subscribe to it, like it, share it on your social media if you want to spread the good word. And if you leave a review, letting other people know why you like it, it'd be greatly appreciated on all platforms, you know, SoundCloud. I know I'm on iTunes, but I mean, there's several others. The point is, if you like what's going on here, if you want this to keep spreading and me keep bringing this message to the masses, then you can help me get that word out there. I'm but one man, you know, but if we work together, we can get this message of connected families, authentic men, and masculinity and marriage out to the world, and then maybe we can turn the tide as to the chaos and just insanity that we see running rampant. All right, now let's dive into this episode sponsored by peacefulfathers.com with founder of peacefulfathers.com, Anthony Migliorino.
1: Welcome to the Family Alpha Podcast a place where men, families, and the truth have a voice. The information shared on this podcast is meant to be applied. Now, here's your host, Zach Small, founder of thefamilyalpha.com and co-founder of of thefraternityofexcellence.com.
0: Let's get to work. Welcome back to another episode of the Family Alpha Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Zachary Small, and today I am joined by the founder of Peaceful Fathers, sponsor of the Family Alpha Podcast, Anthony Migliarino. Anthony, welcome to the show. What's going on, Zach? Not too much. I ran a QA. and I've got a lot of questions about peaceful parenting, about fatherhood, about how we're doing it, and I wanted to bring you on to sort of pick your brain to see how you would break these questions down and what we could offer to the masses. So with that, we're going to dive right in. It's going to be a quick session. We've got five questions we're going to hit. There are a few others that are going to be coming in. If you guys have questions we didn't answer, drop them in the comments below. But these are the top five that we received. So let's get right to it. Anthony, question one, is spanking abuse?
1: That's a good question. Um, so we would get a definition of what spanking is. Most people would agree that it's it's using your open hand and physically hitting the bottom or the, the butt of a child, right? Pulling down their pants, spanking them on their butt. Um, and we use the word spanking because we like to remove the word hitting because as men, we don't, we don't want to say, or as parents, we don't want to say we're hitting our kids. So we, we kind of sugarcoat it a little bit. We lie to ourselves and say, oh, it's spanking. It's a different word. A lot of times this happens with punishment and discipline, right? People don't want to say they punish their kids anymore. They say we discipline them. So it's a it's a word play, right? It's a play on words, and, and we try to make excuses to, I guess, remove the negative, um, the negative. I can't think of the word, but um, the negative attachment to that word, right? Spanking sounds better than hitting or than physical violence. So of course it is, right? We we can we can change the words, the meanings. Um, I mean, we can't change the meanings, but we can change the words we use. So if you're hitting your kid. You're spanking your kid. It's still physical violence. It's it's a person who is much stronger, much bigger, physically hitting a smaller person.
0: I viewed it in the same light in that people are looking for, well, legally or technically, well, look, if you're trying to go to where you can find a reason why it's not, it probably is. Because if it was very clear, you wouldn't have to go to that level. Well, technically, I'm not abusing them because abuse is XYZ. Yeah, I'm not leaving a mark or et cetera, et cetera. You know. There are parents who aren't just pulling down pants and hitting them with an open hand. There are parents who are pulling down pants and pulling off their belt and whipping a belt at maximum force to really send the message home. So I, I agree. you know. And this is where I think a lot of people have an issue with your message. And recently I shared something that you had put out and I started catching it. It's that when you say, don't hit your kids, well, I've got to in enforce, spare the rod, spoil the child, uh, you're gonna have undisciplined children. You're hitting your children. You're physically striking your children. That's not okay. That's never okay. And then when you throw the word abuse, they don't they don't like that term. So I think you're completely correct. And I think connotation, the negative connotation that goes with spanking versus hitting versus striking versus slapping, they don't like to use those words because they're more negative. But it's okay to spank because you're just you're just swatting them in the butt. No, what you're really doing is taking your hand, winding it up, and smacking them in the ass because you lost patience. Yeah, and you can't
1: hit anybody else.
0: Right? If, imagine if you were in a, in a,
1: uh, a club and you got into a, a fist fight with a guy and the cops came and you say, No, no, I just spanked this guy. <laughs>
0: right? It's funny. You probably, right probably still get arrested. <laughs> running right now is a poll on Twitter where I put uh, Is it okay to slap your wife if she's misbehaving? And, and I'm going to catch all sorts of flack because they're going to think I'm justifying it. But what I'm actually doing is once this is all done, I'm going to release the, the odds. Oh, but what about when it's a kid? And all of a sudden, people are going to have a lot to say. But that's not but, for this podcast.
1: And you know, and the other side of it is, right, it's not just about the physical force that's being used. There's a psychological effect of spanking, right? There's fear, intimidation. It's a, it's a threat of violence. Sometimes they don't even spank their kids, but what they threaten to do it. So you're always keeping your kid heightened. The senses are heightened and that that child's always going to be afraid. It's the same thing with a, a battered wife or a battered spouse. Right? It doesn't always have to be the wife. But eventually that husband doesn't need to beat the crap out of his wife because she's already scared, man. She already knows what's coming if she doesn't stay in line. So it's it's a vicious, violent, physical and psychological cycle.
0: You know, I I, I wasn't going to go down this rabbit hole, but maybe we'll go a little bit down it. And that's where, when, when I put that tweet out and even typing that, I felt a little like sick inside I was like, uh, oh, like slapping your wife, like, it's just not, not my jam. But when people think about that, like, no, you don't hit your spouse, but that's another adult. That adult can leave. That adult knows how to call the cops. Why do we look the other way? When it is a child, your four-year-old, your five-year-old, your six-year-old who cannot escape. They can't run to their room. They can't run to the cars. They can't call the cops. They can't call other family members. They're stuck to that home, where the monster that's causing the pain controls everything. But that's allowed.
1: It, on, a, on a scale of it, of violence, it's it's a lot worse. Hitting your child is a lot worse than hitting your spouse. Because, like you said, Zach, the, the the wife, the husband, they could leave. They can go and get help, and people will actually empathize with them, right? Or sympathize. People will say, "Man, it's horrible." get out of that relationship. That, that person's no good for you. But when it's a child, we say, yeah, that's good. You're disciplining them, right? You're teaching them. You can't have it both ways, right? You, you can't live that lie.
0: So I think it's fair to say spanking is abuse. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Question two, what are your top three pieces of advice for those who are looking to start down the peaceful parenting path? So peaceful parenting always starts
1: with yourself starts and we're going to speak specifically to fathers um it's peaceful fathers this is what, what i look to achieve is helping fathers gain some peace in their home so the the top three pieces of advice where to start is number one is always improve yourself now if if your child and, and what i mean by this is if your child is acting out misbehaving or if your child's causing you frustration and anger it's your behavior that needs to be focused on not the child Right? If we're going to accept the role of being a leader in the home, we have to make sure that we're keeping our composure when things get tough, when things get difficult. We can't be meeting our child on their level of emotional instability. We have to make sure we're the rock. And the, the next piece of advice I would say is to, to be honest. Um, if you want to build a, a strong relationship with your child, you have to be honest yourself and you also have to convey in them that they should be honest. So if they tell you the truth, you're not going to lash out. You're not going to get upset. And this is what's going to build connection. It's going to build trust. It's going to build open conversation where your child can be who they are when they're in your presence. And that's, that's ultimately what we want. That's the good communication part of the relationship. Um, and then the third one is to, um, I guess it would be just to remove the, the easiest thing is to remove the violence. What we just spoke about, the spanking. Once you get rid of that, right? Once, when, when you're in a house and the communication between the parent and the child is always violence, threats, anger, uh, it's all these negative attitudes. If once you can start to remove some of them, and this goes back to fixing yourself, why? why you know, why would we let a, a small child get under our skin? We, we need to be better. But once you start removing the negative things and the violent things, then you can start to work on putting systems in place to build better relationships. Now you'll have more patience and you'll actually think about things in a, in a completely different way. You'll be a problem solver instead of being a dad who always reacts. And ultimately, I, and I know this is true for myself, I'm sure it was for you, when you are always reactive, you really don't like yourself. You don't like yourself in that state.
0: No, I think that's very well answered. You know, in each of those, you can probably do a whole podcast on. So I'm going to answer a little differently, so as to not completely overlap. But I will start with the first one, which is obviously working on you. You know, you need to remove the the physical reaction. I'm gonna I'm gonna yell. I'm gonna scream. I'm gonna. I say physical, but the threats are included in that. You know, so starting there. Look, no matter what you're going to do, don't hit the kid. Don't react to that. Don't don't go for the belt, don't go for the threat, don't go for the spank. Pull something else out. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to walk away if if you literally had to have an action to start down the path is start reacting differently. I'm going to come back to this. I can't deal with this right now or I'm going to, you know, go to my default behavior which might be spanking, might be slapping their hand, whatever. Just walk away. You know, find a different reaction in the very onset. And from there you can build on it. But if you're just looking to start with peaceful parenting, just get away from the hitting. Just get away from that even being on the table. You know, for the second piece, I would say you have to admit you were wrong. You have to be able with yourself, be like, you know what? I was doing it wrong. And when your child, you know, you can have that conversation. I've told my kids I was wrong so many times. But that very first time, it takes a little bit. You kind of have to swallow a lot of who you are because you're the adult. I'm like, guys, I, I messed up. You know, I was making the wrong choice and here's why I fixed it or or here's what I'm looking to build with it. And I want you guys to know from here on out, this is what I'm working to do and here's why. And I think that will also allow your child and and age plays into this. If they're too young, they might not understand, but you'll feel better. Hey, don't worry about this. I'm not going to grab a belt anymore. I'm not going to, there's no more spanking in this house. Okay. You know, I think those two do things better. Yeah. And and they're on the team. This is a family we're talking about. This is not a working relationship where it's boss and employee. This is a family or, or a dictatorship. It's not
1: the United States of America. <laughs> oh my God.
0: So when you're doing this and the kids are on board, those two things I think are huge, you know, to, yeah. to start on this path, which is what the question was based on. You know, so if you're starting one, just get rid of the hidden, get rid of the violence. Two, you know, clear the table, clear the air, let them know what's going on. And then three, that's when you start incorporating art. Right, so how do we handle conflict? How do we find resolutions? you know, and that's something you can work on. Yeah. Anthony, you, you really brought this to my attention in that parents don't really read about parenting. They'll read about finances. They'll read about fitness. They'll read about all these things. They don't read about different parenting techniques. They don't read about resolution, uh, different options, different methods of resolving conflict, you know? So, well, how do you deal with your kid when they don't listen? Well, read about it. Talk to other parents about it. You know, there's a lot of forums about peaceful parenting. There's peacefulfathers.com. If you're a father looking to learn from other fathers. I'd go so far to say that mothers could learn from peacefulfathers.com. There's a lot of content that's applicable to both. So while you speak to men, it's applicable to a parent. So I, I think those three find out, you know, uh, removing the violence, you know, work on clearing the air with the child, and then start finding new methods of connection and course correction with your child to help come to an agreement where both parties are happy. Yeah, you, you cannot be good at something
1: that you never take the time to get better at. I don't care what it is, But If you don't put in the work and you don't put in the effort, you're not going to parent effectively. You're, you're not going to be a good father because you're really not putting in the work and the time and the energy that it, it takes. And it, it's not that it's a perfect system, but like you said before, if you make a mistake, you apologize. You course correct. Same thing with your kids. If your kids make a mistake, you don't bring the hammer down on them. You, you let them, you, you teach them to apologize. I messed up. Now what, dad? And that's when you start leading.
0: You know, I think, and I guess we had to add a, another option to that. <laughs> you got to forgive yourself. You can't be so hard on yourself and like regretting who you were, what you did. Just when those thoughts come up, just use it as fuel. You know, this, that's why I'm not being who I am. You know, for me, whenever I think of the stupid shit I did while I was drinking, that just fuels my sobriety. I don't let it bring myself down. You know, so for parents who look back, like maybe they were spanking their kids this whole time. Well, it's okay. Okay. To, to let your brain go there. That's good. That's healing. Because when you think about that, yes, that did happen. But that is what you learned from. And that's why you're doing it this way. You, you know more than you knew then. And now you're applying it. and You're being a better person. And that's the best you can do.
1: Yeah. And you don't have to be that guy anymore. right? We, we have the power to change and to improve.
0: So that's who you were in life.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Who you are in the past does not determine who you are in the future or in the present.
0: It's always room for growth. All right. Question three. Were you spanked? So <laughs> Anthony, right, so... growing up, were you spanked? <laughs> uh, actually, <laughs> I'm I actually, i not talking about what you're doing in your relationships. I'm talking about in your youth.
1: No, I was fortunate enough to, to not be spanked. Um, I could remember the maybe one or two times in my childhood that I was. Um, so, and you know, I, I feel bad for kids who do have to go through life, who they go, their childhood is spent, um, succumbing to that that violence, to that intimidation by their parents. And I, I believe that a, a big reason why I feel so strongly against spanking and hitting is because I was probably the one kid who wasn't getting abused by his father, by his mother. And it was, it was rampant in my neighborhood. Um, when I grew up, everybody was getting beat. They were getting hair pulled, soap put in their mouth for saying curse words. And they were, you know, these kids were tortured, a lot of them. Um, so it being on the outside looking looking in on that you you start to question what's going on even as a young kid I, you know I couldn't really I didn't fully understand it but I was like why are these parents mistreating their kids so bad why do they want them to cry why do they want to inflict pain on them that's not you know my parents aren't doing it and you know my parents were good are, are good people they're far from perfect um but I am thankful that they did not go that route that they were smart enough to understand that this is not how you build healthy families. This is not how you build strong relationships.
0: We were talking before recording. So Anthony didn't know any of these questions to literally two seconds before we started, (laughs) but he had told me, you know, that he wasn't spanked growing up and that that surprised me because my approach to this was based on being one of those kids that was spanked. And my reasoning for not hitting my kids was because of what happened to me. And it's, it's weird to talk about because I'm one of those guys who's like, I think I turned out all right. You know, I turned out okay, but I put myself back in that mindset. And as a kid, you know, my, my dad is a great man. I love my father, but we grew up with spanking. We grew up with belts. You know, we, that's, that was our punishment for whatever we did. And I was just like, even as a kid, I was like, I'll I'll not be that guy. I will not, you know, this will not continue through me when I have my own children. And so that was the path I took. So yeah, growing up, I was spanked, but I decided not to continue that. And I can count, you know, on just over one hand, let's say six or seven times between my two kids that I spent, like I swatted them in the butt and it was over their pants. And when they're still in diapers and every single time that they probably don't remember it. I mean, they were like way little, but it was a loss of patience on my end. And I remember one time it was my daughter. I smacked her in the butt because she wouldn't behave. And I was just like, no, this isn't, this isn't what right looks like. This is me losing patience. This is not my child doing anything more than being a three-year-old or whatever, you know, age she was. But that, that was like, I was like disgusted with myself. I was like, I'm not going to be that guy. And that's from the rest of their lives. They've never been nothing like that. So it's, it's interesting how two different upbringings resulted in the same conclusion, which I believe to be the right conclusion. You know, my, my relationship with my children is far greater (laughs) than, and I could not even imagine now putting my hands on them you know and like i said probably since they were both 3 not been touched so it's it's interesting how we reached the points we reached
1: yeah not definitely i mean why the question is really like why would you want to physically put your hands on your child what would benefit if anything like what what are you getting out of it what are they getting out of it what if you what are you getting out of it, it doesn't benefit anybody it might get their attention in a moment make them listen for a brief instance but it doesn't work, right? It's not effective because parents who hit, they usually have to keep hitting.
0: That's I was fine. just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> if it was efficient, it would be done once, maybe twice.
1: So as as men, shouldn't we strive for excellence? Shouldn't we put systems in place on our home that are effective, that are getting good results, whether it's nutrition and fitness, finance, parenting, right? We can't make exceptions. We can't say, yeah, I got all the money in the world and I'm, I'm jacked, but I can... I can take the easy way and physically beat my kids, because I don't I don't want to do that work. I don't want to have good results in that area. Doesn't it shouldn't work like that.
0: If if you can't blame the poverty cycle, if you can't say, "Well, my parents are poor and that's why I'm poor," well, that's not an excuse. Like you've got to grind out of that. Same thing with hitting. Same thing with corporal yeah, punishment. Yeah. Just because you were hit doesn't mean you continue to hit. No, but it's all great, I know. And I think that actually I hadn't thought about that until just now. That's a great example. Th- that's highlighted right here in this discussion. Yeah. I was. You weren't, you saw it, I lived it. And then we both came to the conclusion, it's not right. So whether you were or were not hit, you shouldn't be continuing, continuing that on. It's not the right choice. It's not the right path. It's not the right answer.
1: And I think it, it goes along with the first um, advice that we, we each spoke about, right? The, the, the advice to become a better, a peaceful parent starts with you. So if, if you keep improving yourself as a man and you start building from within, that, that, that anger and frustration that you feel in your kid, it's no longer going to control you. And then you don't have to control them. You can, you can let your kid be at peace if he's misbehaving or if she's not listening. It's not going to trigger you because you, you know in your mind, you're like, I'm good, I got this. I'm going to figure this out. I don't need to go threaten my child. We're going to talk about this when she's ready and we'll find a solution. And you know what? Maybe next time, We might just reduce that tantrum a little bit less. And then the next time we're going to do the work and we're going to keep getting the steps in and keep improving. And then eventually it's going to be a non-issue. That's how you get better.
0: That's how you improve. I think that's also how you learn, you know, what the priorities are. We've spoken many times, you know, if you're watching a show with your kids and your kid's bedtime is nine o'clock, but that show is going to run until nine oh five. Why would you ever say, nope, we're shutting it down now. You're not going to see the last five minutes of this movie because we got to adhere to the rules. Well, that's teaching them discipline. No, that's, that's you saying that this time limit is more important than your connection with them. Like the, the priority is the relationship with the child, the connection of the family. Giving them five minutes to finish a movie isn't like saying, hey, kid, here's a joint, go smoke some pot. Like you're not, you're not all of a sudden authorizing oh. this, this total like deviation from life because you bent the rules on five minutes of, of bedtime you know but that's how it's treated if i let them get away with this one thing or if i don't strike them then they're going to become these heathens and that's just so overblown your focus should be Sir. on family yeah. it should I be i actually connection.
1: i think i read in a pro spanking blog once that if you do give your kids that extra five minutes there's like a 99.9 percent chance they're going to become bank robbers armed bank robbers
0: so watch out <laughs> it's got to be real it's got you read it <laughs> online it's true <laughs> All right. So this next question is actually probably going to hit a very specific crowd, but it's going to require probably the most amount of attention. And that is where does special needs fall into peaceful parenting? So special needs,
1: we're we're talking autism, ADHD.
0: Yeah. I I wasn't given what where on that spectrum. And I don't mean the literal sense of like autism, but I mean... I am guessing they're saying if my behavioral kid has ADD, problems. ADHD, yeah, behavioral issues. I, I, we were speaking earlier. You know, I understand the the frustrations there because your child's operating. They see the world differently. They're operating on a different spectrum. You know, and how do you deal with that? You know, and there's I, I think what the question is saying is, can kids who have behavioral issues? Well, what if they only respond to that physical outlash? That's the only time they're going to listen to you.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I personally don't don't think that the standards change because of the situation, um, you're, and you're going to get the same outcomes, right? If a kid is autistic, if there's ADHD, if they have behavioral issues, um, violence is violence, force is force. Those those things don't change. Um, I, I think, for, unfortunately, with a, a parent who has has a child that is special needs, they have to do more work, right? They have to. They have to be better than than the average person, just like a situation or outcome of a a single parent. Right. If you're a single father, you have to do more work than I would. I have a wife. She's going to help me. And it's going to take the burden off of off of myself a lot of the times. Right. She's going to be able to assist and and help me raise the kids. If you're a single dad um, or a single mom, you, you really have to step up your game. You have to give your kids as much attention as you can. And you're going to have to provide for them what two parents usually do. So it, it's a bigger challenge. And I don't think because it's a, a greater challenge that we have to minimize our parenting techniques. We don't have to diminish them. We, we have to improve them.
0: We have to be better. No, I agree. And I'm, I'm on the same line with that. It's it's difficult. Your network is more important. Your focus is on these things and being able to talk about them is more important because that pressure is going to build more for you. If you have a kid who is on the autistic spectrum has Asperger's, you know, has behavioral issues like that, where they resort to violence and you've got to deal with a kid who's swinging at you all the time, eventually you're going to wear down. Eventually you're going to want to say, fine, you know, let's put the gloves on. I'm you you're just going to go to that place. And I understand it. I like, I, I fully get it. You know, I've watched a lot of shows. I've read a lot of things, you know, done research onto this because it is interesting to me, you know, how the mind works in these different areas, but that's why it's so important for you, the parent to talk about this. You know, I know a lot of men who are raising children who are on the spectrum and it's difficult and, and dude, the stories they tell me, I'm like, I don't know how you do this. You know, there's, there's so much more than I have to deal with. And I'm glad you're able to talk about it because when they can get it off their chest, they're not carrying it around anymore. You know, it's, your children shouldn't be viewed as a burden. And if they have special needs, if they're they're they have extra complications that come with them, you just got to bring extra love. You've got to bring extra commitment. You've got to double down on your efforts. You know, it's, it's, it's easy to say, cool, you know, you're, you're not dealing with this and I am. So it's easier for you. It is like objectively. Yes, it is. But how can we work together? To forge that same relationship with your child. How can we do what we need to do? And maybe that does mean outside sources coming in. You know, maybe you do need to, if you're a single parent dealing with this issue, finding some place or facility that can handle them for you to go and get time to yourself. Because that's also what I see is the burnout because they make the child their whole world. And it's great that you're forging that and trying to give them everything. But at the expense of yourself, you're just going to burn out faster. And that child is going to lose the parent for the long run. And the goal is to make this healthy relationship for as long as possible.
1: Yeah, get some help. Why not? What are you afraid? Why would you be afraid to get help? And if you think about, and I hear this a lot too with younger kids, right? They don't understand. You can't reason with a one-year-old, so that's why they make an excuse to to spank or hit. So if you have a special needs kid who's let's say five, and they don't really understand the concepts that you're you're giving them, right? They don't understand the rules and. Why would you still hit them if they don't understand? You know, it's like if special needs, what happens if you have a deaf child? And if they couldn't understand the way you were communicating with them, would you hit them for it? So there's, there's different aspects to that, right? If you had a child with a disability, a, a physical disability, would you, would you um, belittle them and degrade them because they, they weren't walking fast enough or they weren't pushing their, their wheelchair as fast as you would like? Absolutely not so when whatever the behavioral issue is whatever the special needs is we we still have to come from a place of empathy right we have to be able to put ourselves in our our children's shoes and and understand what they're going through that it's difficult for them they're not doing it despite of us in spite of us right they're doing it because they genuinely need help and this is a lot of times what happens with little kids who have tantrums you know even if a, a child was autistic and they're lashing out, you know, they they express themselves differently. Um, it is frustrating. It is, you know, it's it's a difficult thing to relate to as an adult. But I, I can guarantee you that if if you take a step back and you you fine-tune yourself and you improve as a man, those those things won't seem like a burden. It'll become a challenge. And that challenge is something that you're gonna wanna accomplish and you wanna you're gonna wanna conquer. So you, you have that opportunity to create a legacy and a a healthy relationship with your kids, you know, so that's what peaceful parenting is going to bring.
0: And I believe also to add on to that, you can work your way to that point. You know, there it's like phases of grief, you know, phases of dealing with things. Um, If you lose your leg, you know, a lot of guys, they deploy for this country and they come back missing a limb and they're like, this isn't fair. Like, like I just wanted to go serve my country, come back, like do, and this is not fair. Or people who are born with, you know, uh, defects, you know, they're stuck in a wheelchair, whatever. That's not fair. I do 100% support the the phrase, like it's not, like that sucks. But you've got to, like, that doesn't give you an excuse to not perform them. And when that mom or dad says, you know, I just wanted the normal child, you know, like quote unquote normal, to to be born and to do their thing and without these defects that that they're they're having to handle and navigate through the world, yeah, that's. That's probably what you wanted. That's what every parent wants, but that's not reality. And the reality is you did lose those legs. No, you can't walk. Yes, your child has these issues. Now let's work, you know, to get through that. And again, I think communication is incredibly important with that. You, the parent should be able to say and get that off their chest. Like this is hard, but a lot of them bottled up or they're afraid that if they say that they're a bad parent, you're not a bad parent for calling it what it is. It's stressful. It's difficult. This is hard. But I think by associating yourself with other parents who are working to improve themselves, by associating yourself with parents who are comfortable talking about parenting, you will find yourself at least, you know, being able to breathe a little bit. I'm not a bad person for saying this. I'm not a bad mom or dad for for saying this or feeling this way. How can I better connect with my kid? And I think that shame, maybe there's a shame guilt thing that goes along there that that plays into this. You know, that just adds, it just exacerbates it. And it when you hold that in, it finds outlets, you know, it finds its way through uh, abuse of substances, you know, you're stressed out and all of a sudden you're drinking too much because you have no one to talk to. Well, I'll just numb myself. And that's just, it's just a disaster. It just amplifies the issues going on within the home.
1: Yeah. life. there's going to be pain in life and difficulty, but it it doesn't have to be your life or you have to work through the hard work and be dedicated to improvement. So you can actually be proud of what you're creating and what you're building. That's the whole point of this. That's, That's what we're doing. We're we're being fathers, we're building families, and we are doing it for the benefit of our kids. But there's not there's not many greater feelings than being able to accomplish that and raise healthy children. But it's it's something that should be that should be honored in today's world that probably isn't uh, respected enough.
0: You know what I like is the attention you're bringing to it. You know, it started as, all right, this is a cool discussion. I like this dude and what he's doing. You know, you run the weekly fatherhood Zooms in the fraternity of excellence. Like, it's awesome to see these guys sharing their stories and mixing it up. But I'm also seeing on Twitter, primarily, when you're putting messages out, there's a lot, like there's a certain crew that's being developed there. You start seeing the same names. And it's like this little, this little group's growing behind what it is you're doing. And when I can see just from an outsider looking in, half the time, I don't even engage it. <laughs> I'm just watching your, your, your threads where you're catching all the flack for saying, don't hate your kids. <laughs> But <laughs> seeing these same dads share their stories, open up, you know, share their struggles and their issues, you're giving them that outlet. You're you're creating what we're talking about right now. You're creating that space to speak about the things that, I don't know, I'm not sure if it's taboo or if it's just an unspoken thing, but they're finding an outlet to talk about the things that they don't normally talk about. So I, I really think you're leading the, cha- the charge on that one, which is awesome to see. Yeah, that's there
1: are a lot of good guys on Twitter. A lot of good fathers. Um, it's it's a huge positive community, right? There's a lot of guys talking about becoming better fathers, and uh, with all the crap and all the garbage that's going on in in the world, you turn on the news, you talk to your neighbor, everybody's panicking, everybody's in fear, and then you go on Twitter, and I, I guess if you're looking in the right spot, you have all these men talking about how great it is to be a father and how we have to be better fathers. And if you need help with being a father, we're here to help you. Let's have a conversation. Uh, It's great.
0: Let's keep it going. (laughs) All right. Last question. Question five. How do you know if you're parenting well? (laughs) Um, How do you know if you're parenting well? I, I guess I'm also asking you this question because yeah. every parent wants to know. <laughs> Am I doing it right? I, don't well, know.
1: I, I would say in anything that you do, there there's markers that show if it's done well. Parenting's obviously a lot more complicated than most things. Uh, but what I always say that one of the best ways to know if you're parenting well, if you're being a good father, is ask your kids. And people freak out when I say this, right? Well, your kids don't control the house. They have no say. No, but if, if you're providing a service, if your service is I'm your father, get feedback from the people who experience that, right? Don't go to the neighbor and say, hey, man, how do you think I'm doing as a father? And he's like, I don't know. You want to watch the game? He's he's not going to give you feedback. Um, so I would say, first and foremost, ask your kids. Have those conversations, right? Say, hey, I want to know if I'm doing a good job as a dad. And, and that's going to... It's not going to tell you how well you're you're actually doing but it's going to tell you that the people you're parenting if they actually enjoy your company and I think that's important but on the other end of it to I guess see the product the finished product that you've that you've built over the years or that you're building now um, I gauge it on a few things right one is the dependency of addictive, chemicals, addictive, uh, physical, you know, anything that's going to be an addiction in their life, whether it's alcohol, drugs, sex, porn, I see that those things as all voids that they're trying to fill in their life. So if I can have open conversations with my kids and see what they're missing and what they need, and that's my job to provide for them, then maybe I can help make their life where they don't have to waste so much time Repairing these addictions and fighting through them, they can spend more time on how to make money, how to get their finances in order, how to communicate with their wife or their husband, how to raise their kids peacefully. This is where the energy should be going. So when I see things like that, when I see my kids that they're not completely destroyed by addictive behaviors, um, you know, they they will make mistakes. They they might experiment, but it's not gonna. I don't think it's gonna grab a hold of them because they have those values, those principles in place, right? There's not a lot of pain that they have to run from outside of the ordinary everyday life pain, right? The, the hard struggles in life and the obstacles. Um, so I, I definitely think that's a good marker is to see if your your kid is, I don't want to say on a straight and narrow, because I encourage my kids to go, to go be a little crazy from time to time. Um, and the other thing I would say is, Um, you you know, if you're doing well, or if you've done well, because my my kids are older now um, by the people that they bring into their lives, right. Their, their friends, their girlfriends, their boyfriends um, and how they hold conversations and and how they communicate. I think those are really important markers. Also Uh, being able to set boundaries, not allowing people uh, constantly coming into their life and manipulating them and all those relationships are obviously built from how we treat them. So that's, to me, that's one of the, the great things of knowing that you're doing well. is to put a system in place, build a relationship, and then see your kids follow with the same type of interactions with others.
0: I think those are excellent metrics. You know, the, the asking them how you're doing, that's one that got me. When we first started, I found your work. I was like, oh, man. I thought I was doing all right. And then I started talking to the kids and asking them and they said good things. So I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> We're doing cool. But I had never thought to ask them. And, you know, that actually inspired something I had dropped a while. And I, it's kind of a theme that I run with. But don't ask Twitter what you should be writing about. Don't ask YouTube what videos that you should be making, what they prefer. And then never ask your wife or your children what they need from you. You know, like, are you, are you meeting their needs? How are you doing? What's going on? You know, where could we be better? You know, they, they give input. Especially if you've already formed the trust to where they don't feel like you're there's some like Machiavellian stuff, like, hey, how am I doing? You better say the right thing. You know, if you actually genuinely have already forged, like, yeah, my dad just wants to know how he's doing. You no, know, dad, I, I like this, or I don't like that we do that. I'd, I'd rather we did this. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. I'm glad you let me know. You know, that's an excellent metric. When yeah, I my,
1: my kids tell me that I annoy them, you know, all the time. Well, not all the time, but if I'm trying to pick a point or, or get information out of them, they'll just be like, that. stop. And I don't, I don't take offense. I'm like, okay, when when you're ready, we'll talk about it. But they have that intuition where where they can, they, they know that they can talk to me or
0: say to me whatever they want. And it's not going to offend me. Right. It's, it's how we communicate. And that's, so that's one of the ones that I, when I read this question, it was more objective, like little markers. So one of them is when I watch my kids in their arena with their friends, how do they hold themselves? Do, do they allow their friends to assert their will on them? Or do they stand their ground and, and present their piece of things? You know, it's it's always good when you're at a restaurant your kids are saying please and thank you and, you know, whatever. Those are, those are little signs. Those are, I think, a little more obvious signs. But those moments where you see them out and they're in the wild, you know, you're saying who they bring into their world. When I see my son with his baseball team or hanging out with his friends, my daughter with gymnastics or with her friends, when they don't know I can see them or I'm watching them, Then, how are they acting? And I watch a lot there, and it's really cool to see them flourishing on their own. But those are the little markers. Uh, Another one, like you just mentioned, was are they able or do they feel comfortable talking to you about things? And you know, there's nothing off limits within my home. And when my kids ask me those really hard questions, I view that as a marker that I'm parenting well. They're still comfortable talking to me about whatever. And my son's 11, so he's been bringing up like, changes that he's going through and stuff and just asking about all like, puberty and girls and all like, I'm really happy that he's comfortable talking about those things. You know, my daughter, they asked him off and I, you know, this, most parents listening, know this kids ask some crazy things. I don't ever say, don't talk about that. Don't that's not, you don't need to be worried about that. I always dive into it and I keep it age appropriate. You know, like there's no need to go deep in the weeds on what happens in war. Like you can talk about that with a broad overview without going specifically on death and and things of that nature, but that's something you can talk about and sort of introduce them to. And as they get older, go further and further and kind of gauging their comfort level and just their understanding level as well. But there's nothing that should be off limits. Nothing should be taboo within the home. And when your kids are comfortable talking to you about God, money, death, whatever, don't ever shun them from that. Because if you start a saying, don't talk about that, they're like, oh, that's off limits. I can't talk to dad about that. Or you mock them. Oh, you got a girlfriend. Oh, you got, and all of a sudden you're making fun of them. Well, that's the last time you're going to hear about it. I'd much rather, and every father of a daughter, you know, like when, when that, when they start dating, whatever, it's uncomfortable. You're like, ah, it's my little lady. But when they can come to you and you're not like, oh, I'm going to shoot the boyfriend with my shotgun. I'm going to be sitting there cleaning it. Like, no, like, just talk to me. Come on. I'd love to meet him. You know, what kind of guy is he? When they're open and they're like, oh, I can talk to my dad and he's not going to be one of those weirdos who's like, I'm going to beat the shit out of an 11 year old or 10, whatever age they start dating. They're going to be open with you. But when you're that guy cleaning the shock and they're going to hide it from you, and then you're going to have a whole series of issues that could be avoided by simply keeping an open channel of discussion. And sometimes it is uncomfortable, but that's parenting. Like it's, I think that is parenting well, when your children can be open with you on all things and when you can see their markers of them displaying their own individual selves confidently in the world. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I I went, (laughs) I went from being that guy, the dad on the porch with the shotgun to now when my daughter's boyfriends come over, I'm like, what's your ACE score, which is adverse childhood experience score. How many times have you been physically abused? Do you have a good relationship with your parents? Like these are, this is what I try to get into now, instead of, um, striking fear in them. I want to know more about them. Right. I want to know. I want to know where they're at in life and what their mindset is. So that could be intimidating as well. Uh, The reason I was pointing it out is to say, maybe fathers don't, don't do that also.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Well, it was great having you on. These discussions are fantastic. I hope, you know, like I said, if we didn't address a question that you might have as a listener or viewer, just drop in the comments. We'll run another episode. But Anthony, is there anything you wanted to add any Any other questions like you said man this This is an important
1: topic um This conversation needs to continue. We need to get more dads involved, and uh it needs to be open. it needs to be honest and in in order to improve in anything in life you you have to know where your weakness is right You, you have to know where the blind spots are. This way you can tackle those obstacles and and move on and get better. And we owe it to our kids to, to be the best version of ourselves, to be the best men we can be. So
0: in the same light, you know, when it comes to not having anything taboo or off limits with the kids, the same goes for this podcast. I know for all of your content as well. When when we get questions that are difficult, those are the best ones to talk about. You know, and I really enjoy diving into it because you've done years and years of work on this. So when you break it down and then I, I put my input and we kind of spin it together, it's we're learning along with everybody else. You know, the dads have those questions. When you ask me something and I try to answer it or offer any advice, I have to know my shit. And sometimes the question comes in, I'm like, well, I don't really know why I feel that way or why I'm raising my kid that way. So now I've got to reflect on me. So it's, it's, it's a sort of a win-win, you know, in this and that I've working on parenting as I'm, my kids are 11 and eight. I've got a lot of dadding to do. (laughs) I got the rest of my life. So I really enjoy these Q and A's because it, it really questions me on why I feel the way I feel, you know, the stance I have. Your children are older. So it's interesting for me also to sort of take notes on what's coming down the pipeline. So I just really dig that, especially, you know, like the special needs one, like whoever asked that, that's, that's not easy to ask, you know, cause you're not, a lot of people aren't talking about those things or, you know, spanking being abuse. Well, people, they're trying to figure out, well, shit, am I doing the wrong thing? They're starting to question. Maybe spanking isn't just spanking. Maybe it is hitting. Maybe it is abuse. Maybe it you is could. something more than it is. They should question it. Yeah. That's why we do Question this.
1: everything. Yeah. No, and, and parent, listen, being a father, parenting, it doesn't have to be difficult. There's difficulties, but it doesn't have to be uh, difficult every day. There doesn't have to be problems and, and conflicts that don't get resolved. You you want to make your you want to make sure that your children enjoy their childhood. They only get one childhood. It's usually 18 years unless your kid lives in your basement until he's 30. But we, we want to make sure that we spend that time um, openly, honestly, that we're intentional about how we treat our kids and that we're giving them, like I said, the best that we can do. So uh, that would be my advice. Let, let your kids enjoy their childhood.
0: It's a solid closing statement. Anthony, thank you for your time. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Zach. All right. That to everybody awesome. that watched, this is another episode on the Family Alpha podcast. You can find Anthony and all of his content at Peaceful Fathers on social media or PeacefulFathers.com for his longer form content. You guys take care.
1: Thanks for listening. You can join our private men's only community at TheFraternityOfExcellence.com. And don't forget to find Zach on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at ZachSmall underscore.